best time to set goals with your volleyball team? The beginning of the season. The next best time? Today. Goal setting improves overall performance and positively impacts player motivation and confidence. Studies also report players feeling more united by the end of the season if they participated in goal setting. Just because you didn't use goal setting at the beginning of your season doesn't mean you can't shift gears and get into a new routine. Download the goal setting packet from getthepancake.com and watch as your team improves their focus at practices and kicks the season into high gear. Just follow the link in the show notes to learn more and get ready to have your best season yet. Hi there, everyone. This is Whitney from Get the Pancake, a podcast for volleyball coaches. If you are listening in real time as these episodes come out, you know it is the middle of February. If you are a club volleyball coach at this time, you're getting close to the middle of the season for a lot of you. Some of you, this might be a little early if you have a longer season, but whether you're at the midpoint or maybe you're only a third of the way through, I want to share the idea of progress reports with you. Now, you might call this a progress report or an evaluation, a mid-season check-in, whatever you want to call it. What I'm trying to let you know is that it's time to have conversation with your players about how the season's going so far and try and get some feedback that you can use moving forward. That's what we're going to be discussing today, so let's go ahead and get into it. Progress reports. So what I mean by this is taking the time to schedule some one-on-one time with your players, whether that's at practice, outside of practice. I personally think that during practice is perfectly acceptable. But what you want to do is you want to have a conversation about how things are going so far for each individual player and get their input on how the team is doing as well. I'm going to give you some specifics later on on things that you can talk about. But first, I want to highlight why this is important. As we all know, drama tends to build as relationships become closer. As your team starts to get closer and closer, spend more time with each other, little things pop up and little things turn into bigger things. And then those bigger things turn into either drama that you can't get in control of, huge issues. Um, Really, it can kind of be disastrous for teams if there are issues. Now, you might not have any issues, but you won't know for sure until you actually talk to your players. And these could even be little things. So every team is going to benefit from holding these small informal meetings with their players. You're going to be getting ahead of the issues. So figuring out which players are unhappy with their playing time, or maybe one of your star players doesn't like the position in their in and they're starting to question whether they want to even play anymore. That's a little dramatic, but that can be how somebody feels, so we can't discount that. Also, maybe there are cliques that are starting to form that you're not aware of. There are plenty of things that coaches just don't see or they're not even on the lookout for, and that's because you're busy with other things. You know, you're tracking stats, you're planning drills, you're trying to make sure that the entire team is going through practice successfully and completing goals. You might not even have the chance to see some of these issues going on. They might be going on when your back is turned or they might be going on at school outside of practice. So just because an issue is happening on your team, it's not necessarily your fault for not noticing. 
It might not be happening right in front of you, but meeting with your players, talking with them one-on-one in a safe space where they can give you their honest feedback that's going to make you aware of these concerns that players have early so that you can make adjustments and corrections as needed, or you can give players more information so that they accept the situation that they're in. For example, someone might be unhappy about playing time. That's almost always the case. And honestly, they're just not going to get more playing time. And sometimes that's what happens. You can't just give someone more playing time because they're unhappy about it. And so just having that conversation and explaining to them and trying to help them accept that that's what their role is on the team. It's not always going to be the most comfortable, but it's going to be necessary to lay out expectations for the remainder of the season instead of letting that fester and get worse and then having a big crying dramatic scene um, in the middle of March or in the beginning of April. Really, I'm just trying to help you minimize headaches. Finding out that there are issues is going to eliminate a lot of tough decisions that you need to make later on. So we're just making your job easier going forward. It doesn't necessarily feel the most productive to sort of take a break from practice, although that's not entirely what you're going to be doing here, but taking a full day to sit out, talk to your players. It might not feel productive to you, but I can guarantee that you're probably going to learn a couple things that you didn't know about and it's going to help you moving forward. So it's kind of like taking one step back to take two steps forward or maybe three or four because you might really be catching something that is crazy that you had no idea about. Okay, so what is a progress report or evaluation? I'm going to explain how I prefer to do it with my teams, but I'm also going to give you another idea or two that you could try as well if they work better for you. What I like to do is I like to let my players know ahead of time that, all right, um, next Monday during practice, we're going to be running a practice, but I'm going to pull each of you aside for about five to 10 minutes. And we're just going to chat about how things are going. If you have the goal setting packet from Get the Pancake, There is a goal check-in sheet. This is a great time to use your goal check-in sheets um, if you haven't already. This is something to talk about. Talk with your players about how they're working towards their goals. Are their goals still realistic? Do they need to come up with something new? Maybe one of their goals was not the greatest goal and something they didn't actually care about. And maybe they need to rephrase that goal or come up with a new goal. You can also do this as a team and look at team goals Maybe that could be how you open practice, talk about team goals, and then break off into individual sessions. Also, if you have the team questionnaire packet from Get the Pancake, this is when you want to use that mid-season evaluation. It's very important that you give your players time to be thoughtful with their answers. You don't want to just pull them aside and say, okay, well, uh, what? how do you feel about the season? I highly recommend that you have specific questions that kind of cover different areas of how the team is getting along and how the season is progressing. If you just pull the players aside and say, how is everything? They'll probably just be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) And they're not really going to give you anything to work with. However, if you're using something like the team questionnaire packet that has questions related to different areas of the team, you're going to learn a lot more about the team. So again, you can come up with your own questions. If you want to use things that are already created, check out the goal setting packet 
and team questionnaire packet. Those are both going to be linked in the show notes or just go to the shop on getthepancake.com and they're there. Those two items are some of our top selling downloads. They're just so useful. doesn't matter what age you coach, if it's school or club, you can use both of those with your teams. So like I was saying, you want to ask specific questions. As an example, in the team questionnaire packet, one of the questions that you're going to ask is, how do you think we can become closer as a team on the court? So instead of you creating your own team bonding ideas and, um, you like, okay, everyone, we're going to go get pizza. You know, everyone just thinks, okay, great. We're going to go get pizza. They go. I'm sure they'll have a great time, but maybe the idea isn't team bonding. The intention isn't there. That's what you wanted, um, but the players themselves didn't come up with it. One of the best ways to create buy-in is to have players come up with their own solutions. So using this example question from the team questionnaire packet, which is how do you think we can become closer as a team on the court? If you have two or three players that say some sort of a team bonding activity, like staying at Amanda's house or having a pizza party, if they're the ones coming up with the idea for the pizza party specifically for team bonding, then there's going to be a lot of buy-in for that event. So they all know what the purpose is. That's what they're going into the event with the intention of. And on top of that, they'll feel like you actually care about them and listen to them and that they have valid ideas because a lot of our players, they're smarter than we give them credit for. And if they think a pizza party is going to be the best solution for helping them become closer on the court, give it a try. What's it going to hurt? So that's just one example of questions you can come up with. Don't go crazy with questions. Um, because again, you want to keep it to only about five to 10 minutes with the team questionnaire packet. You're giving it to your players on a Monday, for example, and then you're collecting it on Thursday after practice. And then the following Monday, after you've had time to review their answers and kind of think about how you want to approach all of their concerns or feedback, that's going to lead to efficient conversations, effective conversations, and you can also kind of better plan the order that you want to call people over in. So if somebody has something that's a little more sensitive, let's say you do have one player that is concerned about playing time, or maybe just all of their responses are negative, because this happens, just be ready. If you ask a question, you're going to get an honest answer, especially from a 13 or 14 year old, even a 17 year old, they're going to let you know what they think. So what you can do is put those more challenging um, or sensitive conversations towards the end that way let's say you're talking to someone about playing time and the honest truth is just that their playing time isn't going to increase because of their bad attitude you have to have that communication because players if you say like oh well it's just because you're not working hard and then they're not aware of what the real reason is there's not a lot that they can do to correct that but if you say okay jenna when we get into the game Yes, I know that you are a talented athlete, but your attitude at practice really impacts your playing time because why should I be playing you when you walk at practice? Obviously, you want to have some tact when you are giving this feedback to the player, but that might be a more difficult conversation and saving it for the end of practice. Maybe they'll get upset and cry or something. You don't want that to happen 20 minutes into practice. You want that to be at the end. If that is what happens. They don't have to step back on the court. They can just excuse themselves or sit out for the next 
10 to 20 minutes if that's what's needed. Ideally though, we're not making our players cry, okay? Let's, let's try and avoid that. Okay, so I already made the point that doing these progress reports or evaluations with your players, it's gonna help you avoid small things turning into big things. But I wanna tell you a couple more benefits before we wrap up this episode. So I learned this in school, but I'm not sure if everybody heard about it. Um, it's called the Hawthorne effect. And while there's a lot more to it, I'm just going to kind of gloss over some of the basic concepts from this study. Basically what the Hawthorne effect says is that when managers are paying attention to workers and demonstrate that they care about the workers and their productivity, work performance improves. Now the specific experiment that was done was just outside of Chicago in the late 20s, early 30s. And essentially they were trying to determine whether the amount of lighting in the worker space increased productivity. There were also things like breaks and other things that they were testing. But what they found was that across the board, while they were doing these different lighting, for example, so dim lighting, high levels of lighting, medium lighting, what they found was that the workers were actually more productive no matter what the lighting was. And productivity increased after the experiment started. And so what the researchers determined was that productivity wasn't due to the different changes in lighting. It was that somebody was paying attention and trying to help out. Now, intention also plays a role, but if you're doing progress reports and just checking in to see how things are going and then following through on some things, if you realize there are issues, there's going to be a Hawthorne effect, which is that your players are going to improve because they know that you care about them. They know it's a safe place. They know that you want them to grow and get better and have a good practice environment, a good volleyball experience. So the attitudes in general are going to improve from holding these evaluations with your players. Side note, when players are happy, parents are happy. Just keep that in mind. The last benefit that I wanna talk about to holding these evaluations is that because you, the head coach, are going to be holding these meetings with your team, you're going to give your assistant a chance to run practice. I think this is really important. And it's one of those things that sometimes we'll get to the end of the season and think as head coaches, wow, what did I do to help my assistant? I didn't really give them as much as I should have. But letting them run the entire practice, so saying, okay, Sophia, next week we're going to be doing evaluations. I'm going to take the girls to the side and have a conversation with them about how they're doing. I would like you to come up with your own practice plan and you can either give them free reign to do whatever they want or you can say I'd really like it if we worked on serve receive and defense but within those boundaries just go wild and do whatever you want. Not only is this going to give your assistant a chance to really show what they can do and have the experience of planning a practice if you're not doing that already, but you might be pleasantly surprised because a lot of the times our assistants know more about the girls than we do because a lot of times head coaches are focused on big picture and your assistants have time to develop closer relationships with the players. And so they might know working on serve receive in a certain way is going to be more beneficial. So it'll be a fun experience for 
your assistant to let them run practice while you're holding these evaluations. Now, I did say that there were a couple of different ways you could do evaluations. I mentioned having your assistant run practice and then you as a head coach pulling players aside five to 10 minutes at a time. If you have 12 players, that should take an entire practice. You might even want to have a team meeting to start with to discuss team goals and progress towards those goals. But you could also do it a couple of different ways. So one of the clubs I was coaching for, they just sent out evaluations in the middle of the season, got feedback from the players. They kept it anonymous and then kind of gave the reports to the coaches. I like that because then players are able to be completely honest without fear of retaliation. So for example, a player might think, well, if I bring up that Sarah and Janae are being mean to me, then coach isn't going to like me because Janae is her favorite. But you know, that's kind of how 12 year olds think and 15 year olds think. So that might be a concern of theirs, even if it's real or not. But having the opportunity to anonymously give feedback um, that could open up a discussion about deeper issues that are going on. Plus, it also does create some transparency between how you're doing and lets your club director know how you're doing. So if you're a club director, you might be interested in doing that. But I will say that there is potential for a little bit of distrust between coaches and the director in that case, just because it it can feel like I'm doing everything fine. Just leave me alone. (laughs) I know some coaches are like that. It's also a scary situation for coaches because we always think that we're making the right decisions, but what if we're not? And we don't want to kind of get tattled on by our players. And so it's that one's a little bit tricky doing anonymous feedback. Is it good for coaches to know that information? Obviously, yes, we need to improve. But the anonymous thing also might allow players to not have to stand behind what they say and they could say whatever they want. I think that's a valid concern. Lastly, what you could do is send questionnaires home with your team, like in the team questionnaire packet, and get their feedback. And then you could write responses to each player and to each question. Okay, Tiffany, here were some of your main things that you're happy about. I'm really glad you like that. Here were some of your concerns. Here's what I have to say about that. And then you could deliver it to the players if you want to spend more than five to 10 minutes going over that. If there's someone who has a particularly um, sensitive or important response in those questionnaires, maybe you set up an outside meeting. But I think my personal preference is that face-to-face communication and saying, okay, what are the issues? You don't like that we run sprints before practice every day? Okay, well, that's fine, but we're still going to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, that can be a conversation, and I think that builds a lot of respect between players and the coach too. As I mentioned, it does occasionally result in uncomfortable conversations, but that's why in my suggested format, You're giving them the questions ahead of time, letting them take their time to answer them thoughtfully. You're receiving that back, reviewing it thoughtfully and planning your responses. And then you can take maybe what would have been a tense conversation if you were just suddenly approached after a tournament with accusations of favoritism. If that's on the paper and you're going to talk to somebody, you can calmly explain maybe what's happening or just say, you know what, I didn't realize that I was doing that. 
and I'm sorry, I'm going to work on it. Coaches, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I know we don't ever want to think that we are wrong because we're always acting with the best of intentions, but sometimes we make mistakes. And if a player brings it up, then we should be thankful that we have the opportunity to correct it before it becomes a real problem. Especially if players are respectful in their presentation, you should thank them for that. Trying to think of an example, let's say that a player says, let's say that a player says, coach, we do too many team bonding activities. We really just want to focus on playing or we have too much fun at practice. And maybe you have three or four players that say that maybe it's time to reevaluate how you're treating this team, because although you have your own personality and I think you need to stick with that, ultimately you're there for the players. And so if the team is demanding a different kind of coaching style or a different kind of practice structure, you need to do your best to meet those needs. Obviously within reason, but you are there for the players and making it an enjoyable environment, whatever that may be. That may be working harder, maybe having more fun, maybe doing more team bonding, less team bonding. You're there for the players in the end and you want to make that an enjoyable experience. All right, I think you get the point now. I just really encourage you to have conversations with your players about how things are going in person, in writing, whatever you want to do, whether this includes a goal checkup or not, giving your players some time to express how they feel things are going instead of you constantly telling them how things are going is going to result in a better season overall. Thank you so much for listening to the Get the Pancake podcast. Please share this with another coach. Oh, and I'm really, I'm very close to getting an interview locked in. So stick with me. Give me some time trying to arrange some things and get some schedules to line up. But I'm hoping to have an interview with a coach in the next week or two. So it's coming. Just be patient, but it's coming. Thanks again for listening. And I will see you back here for next week's episode.